This is Mishmash, a weekly conversation where we try to unjumble an important and sometimes under-the-radar statewide issue that affects you. And it is that time of year again. While the kids have been saying goodbye to their teachers and their books, the legislature has been trying to sort out how much to spend on K-12 schools next year. And this past Wednesday, they finally cracked it. The legislature approved a 10% increase in K-12 spending over the current year. The total plan is $17.1 billion for K-12 schools, which proponents say is a historic balancing of funding for all districts in the state. I mean, they really went down to the wire on this one. Mm -hmm. And let's face it, that's not very surprising with the legislature and budgets. (laughs) Jake, I'm pretty sure our regular listeners remember the many times that we have told them about our own late nights at the Capitol because lawmakers were trying to hammer out a budget. We will save those for another day. (laughs) But in this case, getting it done before July 1st is super important because schools have to submit their budgets by June 30th. And I mean, waiting until that day to finalize the budget had school officials stressed, to put it mildly. Yeah, no kidding. And this especially is true when you consider schools just went through the worst of trying to adapt to educating kids during a deadly pandemic this past year. That issue is exactly what I heard recently from Ken Gutman. He's the superintendent of Wald Lake Consolidated Schools and the president of the K-12 Alliance of Michigan. Gutman said trying to staff and then re-staff as schools did throughout the pandemic and then trying to staff up again could be potentially hazardous for a lot of districts. For example, let's say we we staff pretty heavily, we're ready to go, and our budget doesn't allow us to hire the same number of people we've just hired. Well, now we're, we're laying people off. We're not doing what's best for kids. We're not allocating our funds appropriately. We're spending money on unemployment. So it puts districts in a precarious position to not know how much money there is in advance. Gutman says he and his schools are very happy overall with what's in the budget, although he notes it doesn't fix all of the structural issues that schools have had for a very long time. But many schools still had to make a lot of guesses about what this budget would look like. And he says schools that didn't guess right are probably still behind on their budgeting this summer, even though lawmakers did technically pass this budget before July 1st. Yep. So again, $17.1 billion in this budget, 10% increase over the current year. One of the big things is that the minimum funding per pupil in this would be $8,700 per student for all districts. And supporters of the bill say that that goes a long way toward closing funding gaps between districts in a school system that doesn't, frankly, do a great job of making sure that districts across the state are funded equitably. The new K-12 budget also includes a big investment in the state's Great Start Readiness Program, which offers free preschool for low-income Michiganders. Governor Whitmer says they'll be able to expand the program for 22,000 more children, and it also includes $240 million for school nurses and counselors. Now, keep in mind, one of the reasons that lawmakers are able to make this big investment in schools in this budget is because the state is seeing big surpluses as the economy reopens and the pandemic recedes. They're kind of flush with cash. Although districts are happy with this budget, there is concern about what happens next year when the state might not have the same kind of surpluses that it can just funnel into schools. Right. So although this is a big deal for districts, we're just still not sure yet whether this money will have a lasting impact or whether it's going to be a sort of one and done kind of boost for schools. (music) 
So as you heard earlier, I had a chance to talk with the superintendent of Walled Lake Consolidated Schools, Ken Gutman, who's also the president of the K-12 Alliance of Michigan. And he had a lot to say about this budget, what it means and what it means for the future for schools as well. Really fascinating conversation. So here it is. I'm going to play the whole thing for you here. Uh, Again, this is my conversation with Walled Lake Consolidated Schools Superintendent Ken Gutman. Can you reiterate uh, why it's so important for schools to have the legislature pass a budget by July 1st? Thank you. That's a great question. So our our school district budgets are due uh, by June 30th every year. We have to present a balanced budget to the state. If we don't have our budget until much later, it's hard for us to staff appropriately. It's hard for us to plan for the next academic year. So uh, when the legislature gets the budget done by July 1st, we know what our resources are and we know how to effectively budget. And when it comes to making guesses about a budget, especially in a year coming out of a pandemic, talk about how that is especially challenging for schools. Well, (laughs) trying to staff and restaff as we did throughout the pandemic and then trying to staff again could potentially be hazardous for a lot of districts. For example, let's say we we staff pretty heavily, we're ready to go, and our budget doesn't allow us to hire the same number of people we've just hired. Well, now we're, we're laying people off. We're not doing what's best for kids. We're not allocating our funds appropriately. We're spending money on unemployment. So it puts districts in a precarious position to not know how much money there is in advance. Although they did get it in before July 1st, um, it still doesn't give you a whole lot of time. I mean, obviously, the governor has indicated, I believe, that she'll sign this. But at the same time, um, you know, what what does that mean? Was there still a lot of guesswork happening uh, that uh, this budget sort of just was able to confirm at the very last minute? Yeah, there's always a lot of guesswork in that until we have the final numbers, unfortunately. But in, in our case, for example, in Walled Lake, we uh, we budgeted conservatively. And, uh, you know, we, we budgeted a $100 increase per student. In Walled Lake, we're seeing a $171 increase per student. So we feel like we're uh, able now to make good decisions. But for those who may have chosen a different number or may have uh, uh, done a little more guessing in terms of what might come from the state, certainly they're, they're a little bit behind right now. So the total K-12 budget is $17 billion. It passed with wide bipartisan support, just a handful of no votes between the two chambers. Uh, what are your big takeaways about the budget overall uh, that actually passed and, and what it would mean for districts, uh, you know, both your district and other ones that K-12 Alliance represents? Sure. Uh, so, so it's actually, uh, we think it's a wonderful budget. We think it's a really good start in terms of providing equity. One of the big takeaways is bringing every district up to a minimum foundation allowance of $8,700. We have had an inequitable funding system in our our state forever. It was uh, attempted to be addressed in 1994 with Proposal A, uh, which was predicated on increasing tax uh, property values, which didn't always happen. So it's a good step in the right direction. There's some money for counselors and psychologists, which is also good uh, now and always, and again, especially post-pandemic. Uh, it is uh, a really good budget in terms of offering great start. So we're really excited about that. It's, it's on the right track. Uh, in terms of what it means, it varies by district. For example, in my district, $171 per student plus federal money. In some, in some districts, it could be more than twice that. So it does a lot to, to even the playing field. It does a lot to provide equity, and it's a good start. We, we certainly have further suggestions. Uh, should the legislature be willing to listen? 
We've been hearing a lot about this idea of taking this opportunity to fill gaps, as you said, or as you know, we've, we've said before, uh, when it comes to making the funding system more equitable. Obviously, this doesn't change any of the structural issues uh, that we see with school funding here in Michigan or that were created through Prop A or that existed beforehand. Um, but talk a little bit about that dynamic and, for one thing, how this does fill those gaps uh, and what those gaps are. So it, 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 it's, a, it's a, again, a start. It does fill some gaps in terms of making sure that districts start from somewhat of a level playing field. It doesn't finish off the work of Proposal A. And in fact, if I can segue for a moment, just to suggest that the work behind the School Finance Research Collaborative is really the way we need to go for future funding. And that's something we'd like our legislature to take on. Um, School Finance Research Collaborative is really predicated on the need to have uh, – Schools funded not based on the number of students, but based on the needs of students. And I would encourage anyone to take a look at that research. It's online. It's fantastic. It's been updated. It does show that our districts are underfunded. So this budget doesn't address a lot of our needs. We're underfunded in special education. We're underfunded in, in some of our at-risk categories. And unfortunately, uh, this, uh, you know, I, the last thing I want to do is complain about a budget that brought $17 billion to public schools. So I want to say that. But at the same time, it doesn't address some of our structural issues in terms of uh, pupil enrollment decline, lower birth rates, and, and, you know, again, schools are funded based on the number of students by and large. So there's still work to be done, but on a day, uh, today we're just thankful, and we can start work tomorrow on uh, next year's budget. Uh, no, no rest there for, for budgeters in, in any field. But yes, uh, as you mentioned, you know, bringing $17 billion to public schools on the more uh, positive side of that, uh, you know, one of the reasons that the budget was uh, able to be or that lawmakers were able to pass a budget like that is we know that the economy is opening back up again as the pandemic begins to recede a bit. And that means the state had a pretty big surplus to work with here. What does it mean for next year's K-12 budget, though? I mean, what happens if and when the state doesn't have the same kinds of surpluses to put into a school budget next year? We're really nervous about that. So we've seen an influx of of federal money, and that was finally approved by our legislature. They finally let that go to districts as part of this budget. Uh, Next year, uh, we're, we're very nervous. Next year could mean very low, below inflationary increases for a lot of school districts that formerly got some decent increases. So... Um, we're, 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 we're nervous. I, I, it's, uh, it, again, we'll get to work on that starting tomorrow. Again, I'd like to see our legislature take a look at how we fund our schools overall. But, uh, and again, today we're happy. But certainly a year from now, uh, a less than inflationary increase puts us back in a really difficult position again. And ultimately that hurts children. I mean, there's been a there's been a debate going on in uh, state politics for a long time. I know that um, a lot of a lot of people in schools don't see it as a debate, uh, but that whether or not uh, you know each year, year over year, has represented a an increase or a cut for public education. I don't think there's anyone that could look at public schools in Michigan and and really say that uh, honestly, at least, that there aren't real serious funding issues there. Uh, but you know, Republicans, especially have said over the last several years, look, we've, you know, year over year, we've been putting more money into uh, public education. The idea of coming back next year 
with uh, a budget that would be significantly less than the year before, um, it seems like uh, that that seems like a political reality that we haven't seen in a very long time. Um, you know, it, it's it, to me, I'm wondering if there's a you know, you said that you're nervous, but maybe do you think that there is an incentive for lawmakers to not uh, have that on their resume to say, hey, we put we, we passed a budget that's significantly less than the year before? You know, not to be a cynic, but sometimes it depends if it's an election year or not, mm, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, if we're looking at an election year in, in 22, I think our budget might be okay. <laughs> sure. But, but, but I'm not sure. And certainly there, there's incentive to not offer less than they offered previously. Uh, if you're going to claim that year over year you're, you're providing more money, then you have to do it, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, we're, we're, we're nervous, but at the same time, yeah, we would love to see uh, a continued contribution to public schools. It's really the only way we're going to continue to grow our economy is to take care of our children. So um, in terms of the budget overall, uh, you know, schools and, and everything else, even the legislature did miss uh, their statutory deadline to pass a budget, uh, which kind of really confirms this, that, that this law mandating a deadline doesn't really have any teeth. Um, I'm wondering what you think. Do you do you have an opinion on whether or not lawmakers should pass a law that puts a hard deadline in place that's actually enforceable, actually has consequences, um, I'm, or even if that's possible? It, well, it, there is a law, and <laughs> it's just not being honored. And so, yeah, I certainly think I can tell you that if we don't submit our budget on time, there's a penalty. Mm-hmm. And, uh, how, you know, we can't plan our budget effectively without knowing what money we have. So certainly I would love to see some teeth put into that law to make sure that the budget is passed on time. Is there anything else that, you, that I haven't asked that you would really like to, to cover here? I mean, obviously, the idea, the, the subject of school finance is, uh, um, you know, a huge one. We could talk all day about it. But uh, in terms of our conversation today, is there anything else you'd like to add? Yeah, I think I'd just like to, to add that we're just we are grateful to our legislature. While, while it was uh, at the last minute, and while it's, we certainly would have looked to have uh, changed our funding formula, we are grateful for everything that's been provided for our children next year, and we're ready to move on and take care of our kids when they come back in the fall. Ken Gutman, superintendent of Wald Lake Consolidated Schools and president of the K-12 Alliance of Michigan. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today on Mishmash. Really appreciate your time. Well, it's been my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. All right, that's all for Mishmash. I'm Jake Neer. And I'm Shayna Roth. Thanks for listening.